Hello, we love to watch. My name is Aaron Armstrong, and I want to start with a confession for this episode. Um, it's an episode on we love to watch on the movie Time Crimes, and I, I have to confess, by releasing this, we have also committed a time crime. It, I know it's serious. I know it is serious that we're just trying to talk about the movie Time Crimes, and here we are having committed a time crime in its release. But here's what happened. We recorded this episode and next week's episode, Source Code, months and months ago. And even though we recorded time crimes first, we like to be consistent. We had planned to release it after Source Code in our heads at that moment in time. And so we referred to Source Code as something we had talked about last week. And then we talked about the endless and resolution as movies that we were going to cover the next week. But that was a lie. And that's really where the crime metastasized, because then we get to February 2021, and as we're doing editing duties and assigning stuff, we realize, oh my god, Time Crimes comes after Palm Beach. So we, we even though we recorded them in the opposite order, we had planned to release them in the other order, we recorded them under the auspices that were releasing the other order, so we decide, but we forget all that, and then we just post from ignorance, the time crime. And as a result, commit a time crime. So if you're wondering, what the fuck are they talking about? Source code hasn't come out. The endless and resolution isn't coming out next week. That's the time crime. You're witnessing the very time crime. It's a different time crime that happens in this movie. But still, nonetheless, a time crime. And I, as a, as a loyal listener of We Love to Watch, I just would like to say... I'm very sorry, both for the time crime that was committed and that you had to listen to this. I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. I'm Ryan Bolin. And we love to watch. We love to watch says, when time is illegal, time criminals will become outlaws and outlaws will become kings. Criminals will become kings also. Daylight savings, off to Gitmo, Greenwich. not what I do It's the wrong kind of place to be cheating on you It's the wrong time She's pulling me through It's a time crime And I got no excuse And is that alright? Yeah Give my gun away when only crimes will be timed. <laughs> uh, I just love right. the term time crimes. It's such uh, it's it's fun to say. Yeah, let's be clear. The only thing that happens in this movie is crimes, right? In time. Well, time happens, but like no one's going to get judged in time crime court. This is just going to go through whatever the standard <laughs> Mexican court systems are. That's, that's a very good point. It's just going to get put up through the normal courts. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, sorry, sir. When I murdered that person, uh, it was me from a few hours ago. Oh, well, the laws still applied a f- few hours ago. That was oh, actually okay. Hector two. They, they I'm did Hector three. Doesn't don't you like? Don't you become Hector three? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, basically linear time. <laughs> I've had I've had slightly less sleep. Did the scientist draw a big Z on the back of a calendar for you, too? Did he already explain all this? The Z was the worst way, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I know. We're a movie podcast. We pick a theme. We do movies over the course 
uh, of that month around that theme. And if we remember, we compare and contrast. And we're on our Groundhog Day Part 2, which I think we actually came up with a better uh, title in a previous episode. Uh, Peter, do you remember what that might have been? We should write down when we come up with like a yeah. month <laughs> name. Here's what like here's a new rule to podcast. We're approaching our five year anniversary, two hundred fiftieth episode. Let's write some. Let's write some things down. Yeah. While recording, let's jot some ideas down. Let's not. Let's not rely on our memory uh, from a few weeks earlier. When we said something randomly after a few drinks and a long day at work. Yeah, I, I think for 2020, one of my resolutions, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna try and take it's, it's up. It's 2021. 2021, I'm going to take up a resolution, and that's to uh, put a, a modicum of effort into the show. I think you should also write down what year it is mm. when you're recording an episode. That's what I'm saying. I, 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 should, I should, you know, hear something and think that would be good to note and would improve the show if I remembered it and then actually go and do it. Let me ask you a question. So as we realize that we probably did come up with a good name for the month and then we're going to be editing months from now. And remember, we came up with a great name that's never referenced again, except in maybe our notes and our show notes and our Facebook page. Uh, we've realized that that's a mistake. Did you have you written down that we need to change any of this yet? Like no. currently, have you written down that start writing down stuff? Uh, I have uh, taken a needle and have been tattooing myself. Does that count? My arms haven't moved. They're like crossed. I've made no effort. We're talking about it. No effort. Well, hopefully. I'll have a chance to fix this on the second loop because Groundhog Day 2 month or Groundhog's 2 month. Day. Groundhog's Day. I really hope it's literally just Groundhog's Day. <laughs> uh, it's about time loops. And this is our this is our third week of our second time loop <laughs> that we're on. We're on. Uh, we're on. We love to watch two. Uh, and then probably next year we'll be on. We love to watch three. And then we'll uh, rest with our our wife before the cops come and get us. Uh, but we're doing uh, kind of a unique uh, movie that uh, really takes the concept of living the same day over and over and puts uh, puts it into more of a, instead of a time loop, a time loop-de-loop. Uh, and a closed loop at that. And uh, structurally, it's most similar, but still very different from a movie we did last February called Triangle, where uh, instead of a day resetting, a character is kind of going back and uh, reliving the day, but the first incarnation of themselves still exists. And our guest on Triangle was uh, a young lad by the name of uh, Ribo, a nickname I'm trying really hard to get going. Peter is not taking me up on the bait, and I don't know any of his other friends or loved ones. So it's really just a one-man band trying to get trying to make Ribo happen. His full name is Ryan Boland, and you could probably figure out where I got Ribo from. Riboflavin, his favorite lipid. My favorite, oh. my favorite, my two favorite things about this is one: there was a person in high school who tried to make ribo happen, and Peter jumped on about as much as he's jumping on this time around, which is not a fan. And, <laughs> not a fan, and because he's known you longer. He's like, if anyone was going to have a nickname for ribo, it would have been me, and I didn't do it. So and, the case closed. And my stupid ass username for online poker during quarantine with my friends is literally riboflavin. So we we've hit all the topics, all the name puns that I've worked up in thirty years of being on this earth, but we knocked them out pretty quick. Thirty seconds, yeah. boom. Just if anyone was wondering, uh, riboflavin is actually a vitamin. It's not a, a lipid. Sorry. No, I knew. Yeah. You don't have to tell me. It's like niacin. 
Like you think it's something different, but it's just just a form of vitamin B. Yeah, it's niacin. It's niacin. It should be part. <laughs> should be vitamin B twelve. Should be B sixty nine. But vitamin finger guns. <laughs> vitamin B sixty nine, also called niacin. <laughs> you know what's crazy? When we we're recording this in September, September twenty ninth, and when the episode comes out, we're gonna be living in a post. Borat 2 world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, Ryan, uh, if people didn't hear... Oh, anyways, on Triangle, we talked about that the only movie this reminded us of was Time Crime, so it made sense, uh, as we did this sequel month, to get you back to talk about, uh, Time Crimes. So, Ryan, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience, and also, uh, what, what kind of crimes have you committed, uh, chronically or otherwise wait not chronically oh yeah he's been committing some chronic crimes <laughs> chronic some chronic crime i meant chrono crimes but you can share chronic crimes too just to smoke a blunt and then come back i did like, i miss when this is illegal chrono cross chrono trigger yeah i drive to neighboring states and just smoke just smoke a little weed smoke a little illegal weed because i'm a certified bad boy it's just not fun when it's legal no it kind of is the whole point you know what I mean? I jaywalk. I do I do it all. Um, no, I'm Ryan. I've been on the <laughs> it's podcast. Ryan J. Boland. I don't know. It's Ryan Jaywalk Boland. Five or six times. Yeah, it's the J, baby. It's Ryan, Ryan <laughs> Jaywalk Boland. <laughs> Everybody skitters indoors when I start walking across the street illegally. <laughs> I kind of want to not talk about this movie. and talk There's a crosswalk right about, next to him. <laughs> I want to talk exclusively about how hard Ryan thinks he is. <laughs> Uh, you could chip a tooth on that thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I've been on. I think this is my fifth, sixth, something like that. It's been a lot more since you're not allowed to leave the house. Ryan, That's you true. Remember, it's been your sixteenth time on the show. <laughs> Obviously, Honestly, Ryan too. My my brain is a little bit warped. Where I was like, oh yeah, we just recorded triangles. Like they might be coming out in the same month. Maybe they just needed to sneak somebody in. It's like it's been a full year since. <laughs> Since the last February when I was like, oh, man, it's been even from when we're recording this, like seven months already. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I've recorded two other episodes since then or something. We did talk about this movie, and I, I think that they're very similar yet different. I just think it's, uh, I, I don't know. I think I like this one more than Triangle. Really? So I definitely like Triangle more. I really like this movie. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I like how um, messy Triangle is and also... It has this idea of a like a level of looping that we're not able to see, right? That kind of keeps restarting and ends up right where it's back. It is more of a um, essentially, it is more of the quintessential time loop because a time loop movie is that um, the uh, it starts at one place and then ends at another place to restart back. Like it's, it really is a loop. Yeah, this and is a time travel. This is a time travel movie where there's a couple like little like if, if I was I'm going to use a finger, which is a bad demonstration on a podcast, but tell me if the sound makes sense to you. If you kind of go whoop whoop whoop, and then you just kind of end up on a straight line as opposed to circling back around the beginning. Triangle does that where it has the loop, but the loop ends up being bigger than you expected, right? Like. It's you're seeing all these layers within the loop, but ultimately it still is a loop where the main character starts at uh, starts at the dock about to go on a boat trip and ends up back there after a ton of different other people kind of get spit out within it. This one um, is a lot a lot simpler in that 
the person just goes back in time twice and repeats the day and then moves forward from there but it it's it's thing that it does that essentially time crime or sorry triangle does as well that i find very interesting which i want to get into more detail is it basically posits time travel as um as something that uh that the time is consistent that you can't actually change the flow of time it's very like a lot of stuff a lot of pop culture does this lost did you, did you guys watch lost uh oh i had a within of lost yeah, I think I watched like the first season when it was actually coming out, but I never, I never stayed. You on didn't board. get into the time travel season. No, so, I, yeah, I got. They a were like, "There's of... a polar bear and a fog monster." I was like, "I'm, I'm good." Yeah, I got a sniff of the mystery, uh, and then I was like, "Oh, they're, like, never gonna, they're never going to figure this shit out, are they?" And then I bailed. Uh, so they, so there's probably other good examples, but that idea of time travel as basically what happened happened. You actually can't change the past. So if someone did time travel. That's already happened, too. Like, you know, the Back to the Future thing is you get to 1985 and the person time travels and goes back and starts changing things. And this is the idea that time is already kind of written all the way out and you're just experiencing different moments at different times. So you can't actually go back and change anything. If you went back from 1985 to 1955, then that 1955 would have necessitated getting you to 1985. So it kind of undoes the concept of the grandfather paradox and a few other things, because essentially, uh, if you existed in the first place, it means you were not successful in killing your grand. And, and that's kind of the way that this positions time travel as... Uh, as not something that can be trained. There's not different streams and different paths to alternate versions that can be affected by time travel. It is instead one constant stream and that uh, time travel is just part of the natural flow of that reality uh, if it does occur. And I really like that as a concept. Um, It's definitely something like as a big sci-fi nerd that um, I appreciate, like I love time travel shit in general. I love time loop shit and I love the different ways that you can take it as like something where it deals with the paradox or basically uh, unwrites the paradox by saying time, uh, time as a whole reality as a whole is one snapshot that happens in an instant. And while you can be experiencing different stuff at any given time, you can't change things that have essentially all already uh, happened. I want to get that in more detail, but uh, where this movie got its influence from, I don't know if you did. You looked it up in your research, Peter. Uh, I did not. I did not. I uh, I know. I know. I looked up a little bit on Nacho Vigalanda's career after this, yeah. but I don't really know the origins of this. Why don't you tell us, Aaron? Well, because I was curious, because I think we weren't sure when this movie came out and which had the bigger influence on other. And it's clear uh, uh, between Triangle and Time Crimes. I mm-hmm. think we talked about that last time. Oh, can I throw uh, in really quickly what the Spanish yeah. title for Time Crimes is? It's as good as Time Crimes. It's as fun to say. Uh, it's Los Crono Crimenes. <laughs> They've even got the, allib- the alliteration going in Spanish. So you know exactly why he was like, <laughs> all right, we got to call this movie Time Crimes. Well, that makes a lot of sense because it was primarily inspired by a comic book uh, called a one-shot five-page comic book called Chrono Cops. Cool. Um, unrelated to Time Cop? <laughs> uh, unrelated to Time Cop, but in something that you are aware of, a comic book series called 2000 AD. Oh, cool. The, the Judge Dredd's... Uh, Where uh, Judge know, Dredd came from, yes. Yeah. And um, it was written by Alan Moore. Um, so last night, I decided to purchase... They had an Amazon thing, which was the complete 2000 AD Alan Moore uh, comics. Uh, and I bought those, and he had a whole like little mini time series that were these like, like these uh, 
segmented stories, right? And one of them, uh, they were unrelated, but all involving time travel and all kind of one shot. So there was fun ones like aliens coming back and resurrecting a bunch of people from the past and a few other ones. They're like early Alan Moore, like fun ideas, um, some nice illustrations by some names you probably know, like Dave Gibbons and stuff like that. Um, but this, this one was, was very much, it was kind of, uh, what's the fucking show? The Joe Friday show. Dragnet? Dragnet. Yeah. So it was Dragnet where it was this whole thing. They were two cops and they would solve murders and they would always come back to the same point, but everything had already happened. So they essentially would solve a murder and then they would keep running into the person that had solved those other murders. They went back in time and they basically were cops that stopped paradoxes from happening. And they went around and and solved, like, if you were trying to kill your own grandpa, that wasn't allowed. So you'd get arrested. But because they're still traveling from that point in time to the future and then heading back, they would constantly run into different versions of themselves that really kind of eventually moved through time. It's a pretty complex fought for a five-page comic book. Yeah, Um, that seems dense as shit. It is. And you kind of have to parse out what's going on, even if you are from, like, understand, you know, I I saw Time Crimes twice and then read the read the short comic book but I, you can really see where it comes where this comes from because it and i'm not surprised that he has cited this as the major influence in creating this because it is it keeps those things intact like time is immutable you cannot change it um and if you are going back into time and kind of interacting in the same points of time or across different points of time uh all those things have all occurred simultaneously essentially um there's no time that's passed in that one little moment where it occurs and i love the way this movie takes that concept because and really expands it out and especially kind of showing like where we're seeing a character who is living this as one day interacting out of order with the different hectors that come up but if you were to piece together his story, it looks way different than the way that we've experienced it because he experienced it all throughout the day through linear time. Um, a very clever, complicated concept that is done extremely well in this movie. And it was was very interesting uh, to find out that it was inspired by uh, Alan Moore and, uh, and uh, 2000 AD, which I'm sure Alan Moore loves because there is nothing more that dude loves than when they make movies out of his ideas huge fan <laughs> huge huge fan uh which is funny because even when even what the the rare occasion that they're like <laughs> i don't know uh i don't want to say i don't know if any of them are actually that good but um in the rare occasion where they're at least like passable fun movies like v for vendetta i was about to say v like, for vendetta is the only one that really pops up or like, yeah it's a it's a horrific adaptation though um but he like ref- he also like put his foot down about the watchman tv show and you're like but the watchman tv show was kind of as good as the original comic in its own way like um like he, he he's put he, he's uh famously just angry anytime anybody tries to mess with his work but yeah um, his daughter wrote like a long story of like how he like acknowledges he's a um a true just bitter old man who's not interested in engaging with like the merits of individual adaptations but just uh just it you know it's it's like saying <laughs> saying uh something about milk or drinking milk to someone who's lactose intolerant like he just reacts doesn't yeah. matter if it's good milk or ice cream or whatever else terrible analogy um but he he's, his daughter like wrote Carl a very interesting you know yeah they just they just cannot they, they cannot abide they screwed me being in any the way whole interfered. 
Yeah, how can something that corrupt kind of make a system that's like you can't make something good out of that? Is kind yeah. of his take. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, and I think um, what is interesting about this month is that in our first month, Triangle was in a sense the the outlier because the rest yeah. of them were kind of more strictly following loop, 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 and then the whole movie is trying to find a way out of the loop. Um, Time Crimes has like the stacking loop structure that you were talking about with Lost and with this, um, with, uh, Time Crimes. And, uh, it, 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 it's, it's this month I feel like was our chance to stretch out a little bit because Palm Springs is, is a pretty traditional sort of Groundhog Day movie. Um, but this was our yeah. chance to kind of stretch out a little bit and question. What the fuck did we talk about last week? That was probably traditional too. Which one? I know we talked about something last week. We've already recorded it. Was it was a movie. It's like Groundhog Day. Uh, we did. Oh, Source Code. Source Code. Oh, With Jakey Gyllenhaal's. Yes, yes, yes. Jakey yes, G. Yes. Though Source Code, uh, Source Code is, is, um, is sort of a traditional version of that. However, it does have an over- overarching sort of like frame structure where the character gets to like step outside the time loop and like talk to the people that are forcing him through it. So that's like yeah. getting a little. And that's like away. compresses the time loop, right? Like instead of a day or edge of tomorrow, like uh, until a set amount of conditions are met, i.e. Tom Cruise breathing or no. Yeah. Um, instead, it's like eight minutes. Yes. Yes. Eight minutes to find your true love. Yes. Like so that monkeys. So that's that's a, that yes yeah exactly that's that's the riff. Um, I would love to do Twelve Monkeys. The movie is so fucking good. Um, we gotta do Twelve Monkeys. I, that that one doesn't feel like a time loop movie to me. I was gonna say I wouldn't but necessarily, it but it is. Yeah, yeah. Technically, do, yeah, because it's like two or three times. I guess. I think yeah. next February we just don't do, but not the same flavor. We don't do looping. Groundhog Day style. But next February we do like. <laughs> all of the time travel movies that uh, uh, sort of attack this paradox. But, um... Guy Pierce's Time Machine. <laughs> starring Gerard Butler. H.G. Yes. Wells hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I will uh, say, I didn't know that they did a From Hell adaptation until I googled it on more real quick. I didn't know they did so a Johnny bad. Depp from Hell. I was like, ooh, I do not want to watch that at all. It's so bad, dude. It's so bad. Um, like, if you're that hungry for, like, Victorian-era-style serial killer stuff, just watch, like, Penny Dreadful or uh, The Alienist. Um, you, do, you do not need to watch the From Hell adaptation for any reason. Um, my point is that it's kind of fun to do some more deconstructive sort of movies that are taking a, these concepts from more of a horror uh, perspective. Because one of the greatest things about horror movies is throwing you off your game, uh, getting you off your feet. Because Groundhog Day wouldn't work as a comedy, and Palm Springs wouldn't, wouldn't work as, as a comedy, um, unless you had that moment where you feel like you grasp the concept, and you get to play with it the way our, mm -hmm. our protagonists do. Same thing with Happy Death Day um, and Happy Death Day to you. That moment where you're like, <clears throat> I understand the rules of the game and I want to go play with those rules of the game the way uh, he or she is. At length, this and Triangle are the only two that I can think of that are, are not going for like comedy thrill horror, but actually trying to be scary. Yes. Um, and, and I think triangle you off your, throwing you off your game yeah. is like really important in this movie. It's really important in triangle. Otherwise, those movies just don't work. Like you can't have a full grasp of the situation or the, these movies just don't become scary at all. Yeah. And I think triangle is mildly more successful in that just because the iconography it presents as the realization of the 
of the amount of time loops I think about the scenes where like she realizes how many like all the different um uh, visual uh cues cues makes it sound like it's a hint it's not a hint I'm just being somewhat vague because I don't want to spoil a different movie on a podcast <laughs> all the visual cues of how long the loop has been going is like horrifying on an existential level like you see that shit and you're just like my mind can't even comprehend that level of horror that that person must be experiencing in that moment and i i think this movie has a lot of those scary moments uh but not quite to the same level and then i think it's also mitigated by i do think this movie is very funny because and we'll talk about this quite a lot our protagonist is a big Big stupid idiot. He's he's that picture of Sasquatch just embodied. Like he just I put I put down he's just moseying about a bunch. He just is just like long armed, lethargic strolling through these super intense situations. And then other times he's like, all right, he's got a little getty up. But most yeah. of the time he's just kind of like wandering around as if he's just like, all right, I guess I'm gonna throw this rock through this window because. I guess the guy did stab me with some scissors a second ago and I'm running away from him and just like lobs it through. You're like, all right, I guess that works fine. I guess guess that's where we're at. Look, I'm never one of those people that calls like fake fake or something like that. But the biggest like hurdle to me, like just general believability of the movie is the fact that Hector three becomes like fucking Joker in the Dark Knight all of a sudden compared to where Hector one and Hector two are like like incompetent bumbling morons to a again a humorous degree like you are laughing at some of the decisions he makes and then all of a sudden he's like fucking the joker getting himself locked up in prison through an intricate clockwork plan that needs to work exactly every single time and so like it's interesting because it surprises the audience where it's going and you love that he like figured out the equation and we'll talk about that more at length I will say since we're still still kind of touching on both of them, and you kind of touched on it right there, I do think that both movies in very different ways lull you into a groove where it's like, okay, like you're you're putting the pieces together. You see where this is going. We're both in the same team, right? And then very purposefully do the opposite where they're like, all right, well, here's the hook. Here's the other change of that kind of stuff. Because it's like, all right, you get it to time travel movie. You can't only rely on that gimmick of... Oh, look. Oh, it was him who called their that kind of stuff where it's like, all right. Oh, you start piecing it together and then they throw in a little bit more, which is always fun. Yeah. Yeah. They're constantly it's not that they're changing the rules. It's that it's that they're making you realize that the situation is broader than than you were uh, you were allowed to to digest. Right. Like that you there was information that you literally could not have possibly yeah. known. <laughs> yeah. Neither of these are figuring it out movies. Right. Like they're revealing information at the time you need to know the information the big comparison difference is that triangle continually reveals its scope in surprising ways to the audience where um triangle is not about continuing to expand necessarily the scope it's about making you surprised at how you keep getting from the end of one hector story to be the beginning of the next like like or I probably am saying that the the other the wrong way because no I understand you're you're saying um, like triangle feels like it's zooming out and you're seeing the bigger picture where time crimes is like you're on you're, zooming you're in on a you're on a path longer you're, than you're, you realized yeah because the day as it exists in time crimes we are seeing essentially it's in some ways it's like a Rashomon right because 
the day is very clearly telling us through these other characters that it always existed from as a, as a linear day. And we're essentially getting more like we're zooming in. We're seeing more of what happened in that day to get to where we kind of understand all the different characters' perspectives, except that in this case, all the different characters are the same person living that 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 same day concurrently three times. Um, and that's what I find so interesting. Like we're not we're not finding out like a new scope or it's bigger than we expected or there's all these 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 things that we didn't know. We're actually seeing it pretty much from uh, we're seeing the Pulp Fiction version. We're seeing a a torn up narrative through the lens of one character in a very specific order, even if the other characters are kind of looping back. And so I, I do find that incredibly uh, fascinating way to t- to tell a story. Um, but it is doing something different than um, than Triangle. Even though we in tri- we in both of them we kind of stay with the same person. The, the the same person we talked about this last time. It's almost like they keep going up a level, up a level, up a level, as opposed to really feeling like they're still circling the same level. I feel like we got tripped up talking about triangle quite a bit, and I apologize if I'm not being fully coherent. No, 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 no. Um, you are, you are. But I, I I'm trying to continue the thought, it, okay. and that's that. I think that the we talked about last February. How knowledge condenses space and and knowledge um, is empowering. Yeah. Um, the concept that the more you um, the more that you walk around a place, uh, the more that you uh, get to know the lay of the land, uh, what the mechanics of it are, uh, the more that you feel like you own it, like you empowered it, which takes away uh, the key component of horror, which is disempowering. And the fact that the loop in this keeps adding details means that it, as it goes on, it becomes less of a horror movie, but the mystery never yeah. quite, the, both the mystery never dissipates and also the sense of doomed loss never dissipates. Yeah. So it, 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 it goes from a slasher movie um, to a tragedy. It actually transitions out of being a horror movie to being a tragedy, which is something that I think Triangle also does, where, like, when Triangle starts, it's just very scary because there's a a creepy uh, burlap sack man running around. When this movie starts, it's very creepy because there's a (laughs) face wrap uh, man walking around. And as the movie goes on, you start to figure out, you're like, oh, I know who the masked person is. I know who this person is. And, 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 like, you start to figure out... um, more of the lay of the land, and as the characters start to grasp the situation, it becomes a little bit less scary, but it never stops losing its sense of, like, uh, doom. There's that ominous sense of doom, where you're like, okay, so, like, you getting more empowered here doesn't feel like you're coming to a terminus point. You are not escaping a, a dark tunnel to to a point of safety. You are escaping a, uh, a dark tunnel to uh, a, a black room. Um, you're not, you're not, you're not actually figuring out like, um, you, as the movie goes on, the person, the, the person is almost resigning themselves to their fate. Well, I also think that one, one of the open-ended things about this movie that, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing more is I, I, I think you can make a like case that he actually was able to beat the concept of immutable time. Did he effectively change the 
did he effectively change the future as written by basically staging a foe uh, a, a new reality, knowing within the rules of time travel wouldn't let him do that? Or was he always fated to do what we saw? Was that the time that was always going? And I, I, I do think that's an interesting open-ended question in a movie where time travel is essentially positioned as immutable and unchanging. Uh, I think you can make the case that maybe he did change his fate, but did it in a way that he kind of fooled reality. Um, but I'm, I'm interested in discussing that a little bit more on the other side uh, of our break, because I feel like it makes sense we're already getting into this movie. Um, I don't know what other intros we're talking about, except I don't, I don't know, the director did Colossal, which also rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of fun. We're, uh, <laughs> we talked about our admiration for the VHS movies. Um, at, at, at different points, we did a Spooktober special that was a, uh, anthology horror movie special where we just basically said, like, if you, we, if we could make our own anthology horror movie, what would we put in it? And just, like, grab our favorite segments of every, and, like, Nacho Vigalanda, uh, contributed to the VHS movies, which we, uh, we very much love. Um, yeah. you walk the- up to this, walk up to us on the street, you say, hey, you want to talk about the VHS movies? We're going to say, yeah, we do, because we, we'll talk about them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like... Ryan, you like talking about VHS movies? Um, I I would be cool with talking about, like, VHS 1, maybe 1 or 2 uh, from the sequel, and Viral, I don't really remember too much from, I'll be honest. Viral. It's not very good. Yeah, I mean, I remember not loving it, but I also... So if someone comes up to you know. and says, I only want to talk about VHS Viral, your reaction is... Can we split the difference and talk about the two segments from VHS two I like? Well, so, I, no, my my reaction is do not break stride, do not make eye contact, do not engage. But <laughs> is that guy want to talk to me about a virus? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh god, I don't know what that guy's about. Um, I have my headphones on, but I I, I despise music. They're purely yeah. just to d- deter uh, people that want to talk to me about the VHS movies. A thing I'd that say, happens to me all the time. I'd say I t- I'll talk about one, and I'll talk about the second one where the cult people start killing themselves and everybody, and that's it. Okay. Yeah, VHS viral does have one really cool segment that's just about a bunch of skateboarders and go, that go to Mexico and then a bunch of skeletons attack them and then they have to fight the skeletons. That's pretty <laughs> I do cool. Rem- I do that's, that's pretty sick. <laughs> but uh, that movie also, VHS Viral, also features a uh, time travel, time loopy thing. Anyways, Ooh. but he also contributed, Nacho Vigalando also contributed to the ABCs of Death thing. So he's sort which, of like, Sorry, which VHS uh, segment did he do? I, I, must I know, I was that. curious about that too. He did... Skateboarders v skeletons. <laughs> I did the thing where I was like, I'll remember that, and then I didn't write it down. Um, oh, really? <laughs> like the name for the Groundhog season First time two? For everything, I guess. Ooh, 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 ooh. So uh, he also there's <laughs> only there's only uh, two segments in VHS viral that are good. There's only three segments in VHS viral. So no, there's way more movie? than that. And the frame story is miserable. The whole um, interlude with the ice cream truck driving around or whatever the van. Yeah, that's so bad. Um, he did, in VHS Viral, he did one called Parallel Monsters. That's not, I don't like love it, but it is a time travel thing about parallel dimensions. So he sort of... Uh, so he did VHS Viral, he didn't do the first two? No, he mm-hmm. did. I don't want to talk about it. ABCs of Death, however. Okay. 
Um, and he, uh, yeah, he worked in VHS Viral. He did an epi- he did a, a, a segment called Parallel Monsters that is uh, about, like, going to alternate versions of uh, alternate universes. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a fun little short. It doesn't ultimately, like, work that well, but it's it's got some fun, uh, really, like, uh, goofy reveals. And it feels like he's almost, like, continuing the work uh, done here. In uh, ABCs of Death, he also contributed uh, a segment, which uh, ABCs of Death, I feel like, is 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 a, a similar sort of similar sort of a, a ripe topic to talk about for us because we love anthology horror movies. But like ABCs of Death is like that segment was amazing. All right, that segment was the worst one I've ever seen. That mm-hmm. segment was okay. That was fine. And then you forget about it five minutes later, and then like. 10 seconds later you'll be like that was the coolest thing ever um abc's of death is a is a really ripe one to talk about um but i also want i have never seen either of those they always end up on like my spooktober adjacent list and i just never get to them but i also recommend you just watch the good segments from vh from abc's of death look 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 hold on yeah i agree hold on peter if some if i told that to you I'm like, hey, there's this movie, The Field Guide to Evil or Nightmare Cinema, or some of the recent anthology movies we've watched in the same Spooktober. And I said, only watch these three segments. I would watch the entire thing. Yeah, Yeah, watch the entire thing. There's there's no way. Give me advice. Even as I said, yourself follow. However, I actually wouldn't say segment is there's 26 segments. Each segment is like three minutes long or whatever. You wouldn't follow that, and you know it. Don't give me advice <laughs> that you wouldn't follow. I, I wasn't going to pull apart. Like I, It's been a while since I've seen the movies, and I was going to say it's definitely hit or miss. But then as Peter said that, and I was like, yeah, I agree. I also could never tell you any time in my life where I was yeah. like, I'll just look up just these sections of the movie I like on YouTube yeah. and call it a day. It's like, it's like telling someone, you know what? Here's what I'd honestly recommend. Good night's sleep. Drink plenty of water. <laughs> Don't, like, like, fuck you. <laughs> eat, eat healthy. You're like, yeah, oh, okay, thanks. That's why everyone health, hates no, Dr. Great. Phil. Like, don't fucking get on TV. Yeah, I know I should sleep more. Like, all uh, I'm saying. Are you sleeping enough? What time do you go to bed? These people that go to bed at 9 p.m. and don't eat after 6 don't exist. So don't <laughs> give me that advice. Here's the real question is, after watching all of ABCs of Death 1... He didn't just look up the good ones for ABCs of Death 2. He didn't, like, look up the highlights. You end up oh, still no. watching that second movie. You're like, all right, well, we got to see what's yeah. good and bad on this. Yeah. I, did, I did remember it is entertaining, but it is, like you said, it's literally every single one. You just sometimes you're rolling your eyes. You're like, well, at least this will only be a minute or two anyways. And then you're all of a sudden you're in the next one. And all of a sudden it's a fresh uh, group of movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of shitty anthology horror movies I've seen where not one segment is good. Like, yeah, you're telling me, oh, there'll be some good ones interspersed. Great, it's probably one of the best <laughs> anthology horror movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Are you guys ready to talk about Timmy Crimes? Uh, yeah, Timmy Crimes. Yeah, I, I keep referring to it as Timmy Crimes, but it is Timmy, a fun. Ti- it's a fun title, regardless of Timmy Wimey Crimes. A little Timmy Wimey Crimes. That's it's Italian, not yes. Okay. This is a this is a Mario caricature. It's a me, Timmy Crimes. Yes. Let's go. Yeah, my biggest problem with the movie was that the main character wasn't named Time Crimes. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bob Time Crimes. His wife didn't say, and I'm Mrs. Crimes. <laughs> Is there a Mrs. Time Crimes? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about that, though. 
alternate taglines for those time crimes you slime guy all right fuck it mm-hmm. three time crimes <laughs> <laughs> that is a reference to an old onion article <laughs> about razors and the number five so if you weren't able to fit all that in um i understand if you got it um your brain is broken with pop culture uh uh uh, references um time crimes time crime once time crime twice so if there are time crimes does that mean there are time laws first first time crime shame on you (laughs) yeah second time crimes shame shame on well, we oh, do the whole ba- we do the whole baseball thing in time. It's time baseball. Shame on you! There are three time strikes, and your timeout. I just think all three of the time crimes are on you. I didn't do anything, Hector. One, two, three. Yeah, the sitcom spinoff of just three Hectors hanging out in the house is just not as good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> time crimes. Uh, so Hector is coming home from IKEA, presumably. Um, uh, to his sort of uh, newly bought country estate with his wife. Uh, his wife is getting the backyard ready. He delivers a table to her, that like a flat pack table to her. Uh, they kiss, they boink. Um, he gets a strange phone call. Uh, well, you don't know boinking. if they boink. There's definitely hand stuff, but like you don't know how far it goes. Implied right, they, mouth stuff. Yeah. Implied they, mouth stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it cuts to black and there's just a loud slurping noise. I don't know what they wanted to. Yeah, either that or Hector's really dick gets man. whipped out. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Let's just—that's all we know. It becomes hardcore porn for only like an hour or so. Yeah, um, right which, at the which top. What happens? Like you have to figure that he finished because, which makes the next part so unrealistic. Because like after you come. I don't know if you have the energy to chase a naked girl through the woods. Well, he takes. Yeah, a, wouldn't you rather just take a nap in that chair in, the, in your backyard? Come on. Yeah. Come on, Hector. Like, yeah. If this was 20 minutes later, I'd have the energy for investigating that. You're right. The order of operations is a little off because he comes home, he takes a nap, then he has sex with his wife, then he goes on adventures. It's like, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Hector decides uh, that he's going to sit in the backyard while his uh, wife, uh, who lost a bet, uh, goes to uh, town. Not goes to town on him. She already did that. <laughs> so first, first she goes to town, yeah. and then she goes to town. Yeah, she, she she went to town twice, figuratively, and then literally goes to town. So he's alone at the uh, the uh, estate. One and one town is unincorporated. She has to go to town <laughs> for other- for general errand. <laughs> <laughs> she's like oh you know you have to go to town and she's like ah yes but one of us has to go to yeah. town wouldn't it make sense if your character went to town <laughs> shouldn't we both go to town for the first one yeah, yeah I'm very tired with the table lifted um yeah i so uh you know those old those I'm saying old... hector is not a generous lover At yeah least gen- hector won 
Hector's reaction to getting to have sex with his much hotter wife was like, uh, I sit in chair now. Yeah. Mamma mia. Have <laughs> <laughs> we established that this movie is not Italian? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, I, cause it had been so long since I saw it, I vaguely remembered it as French. Like, without having to look into it. And there's like, I know it was subtitled, it says like, I think it was like a French movie, then we started it. And, and my girlfriend just goes, this is Spanish. I know Spanish. And she's like, well, I didn't know. I, was, I couldn't remember. Yeah. I mean, everyone is very, like, sad and resigned in a distinctly uh, in a distinctly French fashion. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's fine. Other people in Europe are also sad and resigned to their fate. There's a beautiful aloofness of a Frenchman during some high-octane things that would be like, what? Wait, what? Wait, and he's yeah, just like, like he's just like you could put a cigarette in his hands and he'd just be walking around. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, like, it's that's how right. you know it's not Italian because then it'd be like I killed my wife. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's divorce Italian style, eh? I'm hey. just ha- I'm just happy we creeped away from the over characterized uh, Mario version of Italians and into the nice like Sopranos mafia Italian. We've segued. We've grown on this podcast. Yeah. You yeah. have a preferred racist interpretation of Italians? Don't we all? <laughs> I have. I do have one that I'm more comfortable with. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I refuse to in any way interrogate it. Uh, anyways, uh, Hector sees a woman uh, in the woods who's nude. Uh, and then he sees a, a scene uh, that he decides he wants to go check out. Um, so he goes and investigates the nude woman, um, and some sort of, uh, scrambling in the brushes, brush. And when he finds her, he finds her unconscious up against a rock. Uh, and then a, uh, bandaged man who you cannot see his face. It's covered in, ba- in red, uh, bandages. Um, stabs him in the arm with a pair of scissors. Uh, Hector runs away. He runs away to a research, uh, plant, essentially, uh, that's, that's up high on a hill, uh, above the state and, uh, high above the, the forest that he was, uh, he found the woman in. Uh, Hector goes up to this, uh, science, uh, science, uh, estate. Science. That's where science happens. Science compound. I'm happy that uh, you're struggling with this too, because even in my notes, I just started saying, like, science building. I was like, I don't know. It's a generic <laughs> science because building. Because one of them is not a lab. One of them is, like, is, like, a cafeteria. Um, yeah. So it, it's a, yeah. yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like an odd. Science, do- science people don't need to eat? You think they've scienced their way out of digestion? Yeah. Carbohydrates? Uh, it should be science, science project number one. It's science Don't people, okay? They are people. Science project number one. Find out who's paying for the lunch. <laughs> Am I right? Science project number one. Build a cafeteria for us to get some some munchies. Some grub. You know how working on that science always works up a wild hunger in a man. Get my, get my chomp on. <laughs> Peter, are you guys science actual scientists? Uh, yes. Because you sound like it. X scientist. X X X scientist. X X X scientist. So these old these old science goofs, they decide to build a cafeteria. No, so he goes there to hide out, and he is directed to a different science building, and he is sort of rushed there by uh the uh the elhoven the young man only credited as the young man um and we'll get to that in a little bit because there's a very very funny casting choice done here um 
And uh, uh, the uh, the young man, uh, let's call him scientist from now on, because Elhoven is not really like helpful at all. Um, let's call him scientist. Scientist decides like, oh yeah, uh, uh, he, the 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 bandage guy, he's coming for you. You need to hide in this tank. He gets out of the tank. The young and then the young man. Uh, it's it's early in the day, and the young man is like, I have no idea who you are. How the fuck did you get in the tank? Also, the tank is filled with water. Like, you would have drowned if you were just hanging out in there. Uh, and so the young man, uh, it dawns on him that their experiment worked. They were developing some sort of time machine he wanted to do, uh, power it up, and do some sort of test on it. So, um, then the two of them sort of wander out in the yard, both stunned in their own way because the, um... Hector is uh, stunned because he went, excuse me, Hector is stunned because he went back in time. The scientist is obviously stunned because, holy shit, his time machine works. Um, this is going to change everything. Not his, it's, a, it's the stolen time machine valor. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he contributed to it. He did um, turn it on. He just and, turned and, it on. You know, sent the guy back and stuff, but yeah. And yeah. put the goo in. Yeah. He understands he understands love- how it works. He's he works there. He's not a janitor. I'm gonna assume he contributed to the project. And, and he made the time travel happen. You know what? I'm gonna give it to him. I feel like Hoven or no, Scientist. I, I just I just feel like I'm glad we're, we, got, we got another goo movie oh. to discuss. I used to move Hector's by the Adele Dia. Um it's not good. Um <laughs> it's not good. Um Don't pass over the goo. A lot of goo. Yeah, uh, don't skimp on the goo. goo. The, yeah. And it's white. It's white goo. Yeah. Hector 1 is full of fun. Hector 2 is... Well, technically, there's goo in his wound, so he's Dude, literally, fucking... literally full of That's goo. That's true, and he's still technically... I mean, he's Hector 2, but he was first Hector 1. So yeah. 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 This uh, guy gets overloaded with goo. Yeah. yeah. He's, goo in he's, his uh, veins. He's out of his gourd on goo. Um, and then Hector 3 is coming for the... Mm-hmm. Um, so far, this is a really good recap. Thank you. Um, so uh, <clears throat> they they uh, they go on the hill and they sort of realize what the structure of the movie is. That um, Hector is this Hector two or no? We're Hector calling two. Now it's Hector, Hector two. One. Yeah. No. Af- yeah. No, after he time two. travels, he's Hector two. Yeah. Okay. Hector two. Um, who is the original guy that we're following? Um, he realizes that he's Hector too because he is he has arrived to this this sort of primary timeline or the secondary timeline, and he realizes that there is a Hector that's earlier than him in the past. He sees a version of himself that he doesn't totally recognize as um him himself. He thinks of him as is almost like a stranger. He feels alienated from. Um, An imposter this other version there. of him. Yeah, I, I think I think you're giving him a lot more internal conflict than he has in the movie, where he's like, "That dude's fucking sleeping with my wife." And oh like, no, that's, that's the whole deal. You. That he, he thinks he's like he, he thinks he's this like alien presence, and that he like he he cannot abide uh, someone sleeping with his wife. He cannot abide someone taking his life from him. Uh, he he's But it's already been explained to him that's him from a few hours ago. Yeah, the scientist was dr- dr- very front with saying you went back in time you went back in time and he's like it's just guys sleeping yeah he's like wife. no that's you with my like, wife. remember when you did this like moments ago <laughs> and, he, and he's like <laughs> one more oh, time ryan for the for the people in the rafters my wife <laughs> this guy's fucking my wife that's your it's your fuck thing it's your fuck pieces you used a moment remember your fuck pieces you used? He's like, this guy's gonna get fucked up. 
<laughs> and then, uh, he, like, so much so he calls. He's like, tell this guy to fuck up. And then here's this guy fucking his wife, who, again, is him from a few hours. Well, and the, yeah. well, the scientist brings him back and door and he's like, chill out, just sit here, and everything's fine. If you just sit here, just sit here, and everything's fine. And he set, immediately goes and picks up the phone and calls his house. My wife! My wife. I feel like if I... I have one earring. <laughs> I, I have been cleared by the FAA to fly another flight. I am an, I, I am an average pilot. <laughs> I've had more landings than crashes, but percentage-wise, that's not great. <laughs> no one ever talks about the time I rescued those guys from that mountain in Montana, which I also did. Uh. Uh, so, yeah, so... Um, <clears throat> so, um, <laughs> this movie would be better with Harrison Ford. Though. Yeah, <laughs> be a pretty big get for this movie, but still. Uh, and to hear him speak Spanish would just be a gift to us all. <laughs> so, Hector, Hector one, uh, immediately Hector two, excuse me, um, full of goo. Uh, he immediately uh, ignores the scientist who's like, just fucking stay here. We're going to get Hector one into the machine, and we'll fix the timeline. Like we can, we can, we can fix. Go this. live your life afterwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna fix everything up. We're gonna get Hector, Hector one out of here. You can get your life back. All that. Hector two immediately is like, I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go go uh, psycho mode. Uh, I'm gonna go sicko mode on 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 these fools and starts wandering through uh, the woods. Um, to get uh, back to his house, uh, and this is where I, I the timelines get confusing. Is this where he decides to become a psycho killer? No. So he is that in the next loop? No. Well, yeah, it is no, this he, one. But well, kind of. Eventually, he just steals the car and crashes the car. Yes, he steals and, a car from the compound to bring it back. But of course, he cannot get back uh on you know and on time or whatever he gets crashed into the woods he starts bandaging up his face and a beautiful young woman the same woman that he saw nude earlier uh comes to his his, his sort of rescue in the woods and he starts acting like a absolute psychopath and is mm-hmm. like oh we need to go and reenact because he's afraid of fucking up the time loop he's like we need yeah. to go reenact what happened before um in the in the the key plot point that i still do not understand um uh and essentially he's like somebody needs to be the psychopath and bring you out to the woods and get hector one spotted so that he will actually go and and, you know go in pursuit through the woods and actually get trapped time traveled let's let's put a pin in that and that's what i want to talk about the second you finish the recap because i have a lot of thoughts on that moment yeah yeah, I don't think it totally makes sense, but maybe you guys can make it make sense for me. Um, Hector, uh, Hector two, then uh, sort of dot. He pretends to be a serial killer, basically, um, and frightens her. Um, she hits him, runs away. He goes hunting for her, and then where does Hector two go from here? Because how does he? He goes to the house. So to Hector chase two chases. Them. No, he chases. Yeah, he her chases her. He's looking for her. House. She goes into her house and hides, and then he. Uh, in trying to find her, accidentally, uh, his her, little unbeknownst to him, his wife is hiding because she's hearing people in the house doing things. And in his attempt to find 
Uh, fine. And at some point, a table gets thrown at him, and he's like, oh, this must be the girl I'm chasing. And and he accidentally, what he thinks is scares his wife, who's hiding on the roof, off the roof to her death. Yes, that's it. And so he realizes at this point that this timeline is irrevocably fucked. Um, and he's like, I I essentially, like, I don't, I don't know how to fix this without going through the machine. So he goes through the machine again. Well, really quick. So when he, but before you just say he goes through the machine again, when he goes back, he's already hitting all the machine parts. And he questions that. And that's when you find out from the scientist that he's like, well, yeah, you could go back earlier. But you have to understand uh, time travel. It's like a, it's, it's a, it's a the fly machine. Wait, I feel like we just jumped a little bit. No, that's when he goes back. Before he goes back and becomes Hector 3, the scientist guy is like, look. It, you can't just go back earlier. No, I know, but so, but but so Hector Two first goes back and he drives up the car. He still plays the part of the bandaged, you know, yeah, head wound guy. Jumps in, the, I, but like I'm confused. He still plays the part even after his wife is dead. And then no, no, no. After his wife is dead is when he takes off all the bandages and goes back. Like he goes back and takes off all the bandages and reveals himself as still Hector. To the scientist, and it's like you need to send me back again. Why no, shut off he the Hector two after his wife dead. He doesn't he find the walkie talkie and he talks to the scientist while Hector one puts no, down no, the walkie that's, talkie. That's Hector that's three. three. Okay, that's three. Yeah, so he goes back and talks to the scientist and is like, "Send me back." He's like, "Can't battery's gone? Only there's one charge." He goes, "Where's the battery?" And he's like, look, I can't just send you back earlier for you to fix stuff before you get there. No, that way. You basically appeared when the, the machine turned on. Hold on. And I am. He goes. Go I am checking my notes. So, yeah, Hector 2. Hector 2, after his wife is on the ground with her neck snapped, he realizes yep. he's got to use some sort of time travel, turns on the walkie talkie. Uh, Hector 1 is talking about the thunder. Hector 2 quickly oh, yeah. interjects and that says. That part he does, yeah. That, but, like, I'm confused. Uh, obviously, I know that we're still trying to do the overview. I'm confused at where Hector 2 seems to both realize that there's enough wrong where he's going to have to go back, but also is totally coherent and understands the time travel aspect and no, still so plays his part for Hector 1. No, At that part, he doesn't, though. Like, at that part, he just drives back. No, I know. But then when he gets back, he he jumps in the window and then he sits on the stoop and just, like, sits there. No, because he tells him, say these things to this person, right, so that he runs away. But he's being coherent because he still needs Hector 1 to go back through the time machine. So now Hector 2 can go do his plan, which is to go back in time and save his wife. Yes. So. So. <laughs> um, but essentially, the thing you get the out of The only time we get dead silence is when we have to, like, sort out time travel paradoxes on the show. Or, like, okay, so, so now we're saying. Sort out logical paradoxes. We're, we're jumping to the point where Hector 1 has gone back. Now it's just Hector 2 and the scientist, but the scientist took out the battery. Yeah, because he's like, you told me to, that it's going to go horribly wrong. Yeah. Which we're going to find out Hector 3 is the one who tells him that. So we think he's getting a warning that he once again ignores. And I do think that part's interesting. But he's like, hey, how did you know that I was going to come here and demand to travel back in time? He's like, actually, I already knew you were coming back in time because we already did this where you sent me, sent yourself into 40 seconds in the in the, in the past before you, uh, Hector 1 or Hector 2 now showed up. And you told me all this stuff. So, again, for him, for scientist guy, he had a linear day, right? From his perspective, Hector 3 shows up, tells him, there's a guy, I'm about to come through this portal, act, 
like it's the first time you've seen be him. Be chill, bro. And then, be chill. And then he that happens. He leaves and he goes, here's what you need to tell him. He's going to explain what's going on to you. I don't have time for that. Here's a couple things you need to know. And then that happened. And then at some point he got this walkie-talkie call that's like, hey, heck, I'm going to come back and say I need to time travel. Th- throw it away. But Hector 3 is just doing that to close the loop. So anyways, so why don't we talk about Hector 3? Because I think I think there's a lot of evidence that you could make that Hector 3 actually figured out how to take everything that quote-unquote happened and change things still, but we, we can get there. Yeah, this is um, this is where Hector really starts going, um, going hard against time. He starts doing some serious time crimes. Um, because previously... Um, <laughs> Uh, Hector Hector 2 didn't know that he was uh, going into a time machine. He thought he was just hiding. Um, and then he was like, shit, I better do exactly what the time cycle told me to do. Um, and then Hector 3 is like, I am going to fuck with this timeline. I'm going to try and, and fix it. Uh, I'm going to try and fix it to my whims. Um, Hector 3 has been in... <laughs> The backgrounds of certain scenes um, with his hand showing. Um, and Hector 3 is essentially like, I will um, go and lace inner, inner, uh, throughout the story. I'm going to save my wife, um, but at the cost of all these other, all these other Hectors and all these other, um, do we know the name of the woman? No, the girl on the bike. I don't think so. My what? Oh, no. I mean, I'm guessing since the scientist doesn't even have a name, um, she doesn't have yeah. a name either. But let's just call her the woman because she's sort of functioning as, let's call her the final girl. That's helpful. Um, but the final girl, he's like, I'll sacrifice her. Um, uh, yeah, her her name is the uh, as is the woman in the forest. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 essentially it. Like this, this is all happening so much that these people are essentially, um, I don't want to say chess pieces, but they're essentially like. Um, they're puzzle pieces that he needs to. They're puzzle pieces that he needs to move into place for him to actually. It's like a H- Hector never learns the name, so the movie audience never. Learns. Yeah, what's the what's the game uh, with the sliding blocks that you can play on like your iPhone? You know, like you move like the uh, Roblox. Te- yeah, yeah, that's that's how that's how Hector three. That's a joke. It. That's not what it is at all. Uh, it's it's not. Um, what what's what's the game called, Ryan? Where you like move? Is it just called like sliding blocks, sliders? I think I know what you're um, talking about. Where you move much blocks and then you can like release the one block that you're supposed to from the group. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to get the one block out of its sort of blocked position, but you got to move all the other ones in crazy positions to get there. That is essentially the metaphor for Hector three. Hector three is like. I don't particularly care who I It's have like a to Resident do. Evil puzzle. Yeah, he's like, I don't particularly care what your deal is. You're a piece of, you're a block. I will move you into the right position so that I can get my wife out of here. Um, and at this point, he's like full on sicko mode. He, uh, he sacrifices uh, the final girl um, in the place of his wife. <clears throat> and uh, the movie ends with him sitting out on the lawn with his wife, basically them just sitting there waiting for that whole scene to unfold, him having the knowledge knowing that um that uh that final girl is going to die. Um and that uh, you know, Hector two 
um, is uh, going through, or maybe Hector one at this point. Um, no, Hector two is going to think that he killed his wife, so he yeah. had to set up a situation where his wife doesn't die. Hi- now, and again, we don't know if this is always how it played out because that's the whole point of this movie. But if not, at the very least, he's like, I have to set up a situation where my wife doesn't die. But Hector two thinks that he killed his own wife, so he's compelled so that, to still go so, back. So in that time. the timeline that has already happened hap- unfolds the same way. Yeah, because otherwise you're running paradoxes of. Yeah. To yeah. make it happen. Yeah. So how do you not create a paradox with everything that I already know has already happened and I can't change while changing the future? Absolutely. But yeah, that's that's uh Kronos Criminace. And uh as you can I probably... feel like the same thing happened with Triangle where it was like a thirty minute team effort recap as yeah. we try to piece together. Which makes sense, right? It's it's it that like kind I'm of movie. Attention, but like no. I like there's moments where I'm like, wait, hold on. At what point does this character decide that this pathway is the way forward? And how does that uh, ripple ripple into the uh, future yeah. timelines? Like, that that stuff is, like, very hard to remember. And the point is, like, if it's confusing the protagonist, who that's the most important thing in the world to them, it's also going to confuse a casual viewer. And that's kind of the point. Yeah, and so I want to get back to the moment where I think when you watch this movie the first time, you know, they don't take long to reveal who the mass killer is. At Triangle's the same way, right? Like, it's not a – you think that's going to be the end of movie reveal and you're going to, you know – I saw that coming. I actually was more surprised by it in Time Crimes than I was in Triangle. Triangle's a little more like, look, this is not a mystery you need to be solved, but you can feel clever for five minutes that you figured it out. You feel clever long enough for the movie to throw more shocks at you after that, right? It, it's not the it's not the core of yeah. No, and I I guess this one sort of acts the same way because he gets the gauze pad, right? And and uh, you know if you're one of those viewers, you might go, oh my god, maybe it's him because it's a time. And it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna it's a ninety minute movie. We're gonna clue you in very obviously at forty minutes. You don't have to pat yourself on the back just yet. We're we're not just doing who's the mysterious time uh, serial killer. But that is the point where he kind of embraces it, right? He gets in the car accident. He recognizes the girl as the girl that he saw, recognizes he has to put her in position. And then all of a sudden starts doing like he's like embraced what the scientist told him. You need to do all the things that you had already done. So once you once he realized that by escaping, he hadn't changed stuff. He's now like, well, I gave myself googly eyes. So I guess I need to give myself googly eyes. If you're thinking about this as a standard time travel paradox, that's the paradox, that's the chicken and the egg, right? Like, if he never gave him, if the only reason he's giving himself googly eyes is that the first version of self saw self googly eyes, well, now that's a paradox because how can which one would have come first? Yeah. Yeah. Except that this is this is a movie that posits that time paradoxes are impossible and all these things are happening simultaneously. So if you go back in time and do that, you're not continually altering it or changing the fabric. That's already happened just as much as anything else has happened in the past. And you are interacting with themselves. So the two versions of yourself have been through the same thing at the same time. Which, again, I think is what gives gets you kind of a headache because you start talking about this movie, which is... Uh, a success when it comes to analyzing a time travel movie. However, what I find very interesting from a character point, and I think it's what this movie is a little bit commenting on, especially as it relates to Hector's character, is that we see him, right? Like, it's I, there's a lot of masculinity and, like, the dam- the dangers of, like, toxic masculinity and, 
and stuff like it, it's it's subtext it's not text but it's there and i think it's really interesting that like he gets a very clear explanation of what's going on he can see it with his own eyes this is not some far distant past he's remembering right this happened hours ago he uh, had a, some sort of sexual relationship with his life brought home a table sat on the long lawn chairs Went into a weird machine, came back. It was day again. He looks through binoculars at his own house and himself from hours before. Decides that that can't be happened. That's an imposter fucking my wife. Right? Uh, Which on its, like, I was making jokes about it, but it is ridiculous. Like, the idea that, like, his his masculinity or his uh, perceived masculinity extends to protect, not letting his his, uh, wife even uh, sleep with previous incarnations of himself from moments ago is like is funny how how dumb he's being right now all of a sudden he so he doesn't listen at all he fucking calls he gets in a car and drives away he's like fuck you i'm i gotta stop my wife from sleeping with me from a few hours ago uh and then what 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 changes he was the whole reason he's in this mess is he was allured by nudity, stranger nudity in the woods, and he has to go investigate. Um, and I'm sure he would give himself like really nice white knighting reasons for doing that. When it's probably like, oh, there's a just being a pervert, yeah, being a pervert. I gotta go see what's good. Like, there's no, there's no, uh, there's there's nothing that necessarily indicates she's in danger at first. He's just like. That was the thing that kind of put me, I mean, put me off. Obviously, it's just like a character, whatever, but I do like the idea of like he looked in binoculars across the art, like across a large section of land into a forest and realized some girls getting naked out there and decided, you know, it's probably my responsibility to go check that out. Like there was, there was no signs of any kind of uh, violence or anything of the sort. And he's just like, oh, this person doesn't realize that I can see them. You know what? I'm going to get closer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Then I can accidentally stumble in. Yeah, I can stumble. Like, oh, my gosh. I was just going for a walk through the woods. And he does think there's someone else there, but there's not any impression of, like, danger or blood or a mass killer or anything. Instead, it's like, like, if if you were to see that and you saw, I think there's someone else there and a girl getting naked, you might posit, oh, someone's about to have sex. Yes. Not. And you wouldn't go, I need to go check that out. But he does do that initially. That's what causes this whole thing. Well, when does he change as opposed to fuck you, scientist man? I'm going to do whatever I want to do when it comes to like, I'm not going to stay here and just make the timeline work well. I'm going to go and protect my wife. And (laughs) when does that all change? When does it all change? He gets into a car accident and then sees the naked, the girl that he knows that he saw naked and eventually unconscious. And then all of a sudden he decides, oh, well, I guess I got to do everything I already saw, which just happens to include forcing this girl to get naked so the other me can see her. I think that's kind of the crux of the movie that all like his buying into it, buying into the concept that he has to make googly camera eyes at himself and everything else that he already saw is something that is like pivoting on his like general fucking rapey and creepiness like well scientist guy says i need to uh you know assault this woman and see her naked i guess it's science i don't have any other choice at this point and i i think that explains at least the switch that we see in hector 2 from fuck you dude i won't do what you tell me to well if i gotta assault this woman i gotta assault this woman it's it's science endorse i do i do agree that even just talking about it she is definitely the pivot point and she probably is for 
all three or all the both loops, all three Hectors for yeah. action. But but like he sees her, he's in the car, he sees her riding the bike. That was when he kind of realized like, okay, I have definitely gone back in time. Because before, like we yeah. said, it, it, Hector one looked like an imposter to him. He's already acting a little weird. But seeing her, he's like, okay, well, this this definitely happened earlier. But he does pretty much immediately and without any kind of resistance realize, oh, I'm the guy in, in the pink or red bandages. Oh, I need to make her take her shirt off. But like also, like you said, plays it off as if he's not. Like clearly he was interested when she was taking her clothes off in the beginning of the movie. And so his, whether you want him to call him like perverted tendencies or whatever drive primitive nature drive like made him want to get out there and go closer and do whatever and then all of a sudden this time loop Hector 2 with a mask on whatever because things have to happen the same is almost his get out of jail free card for being a weird pervert like you said where it's like okay oh oh I don't I don't want to I don't want to have her take her shirt off but I'm going to he even at one point yeah when is the oh after he says put your shirt back on follow me Okay, now just take all your clothes off. Like, oh, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to, like, again, also pretty dismissive of, like, he's never, like, trying to really explain. It. He just says, I'll explain this once it's all over. Just take all your clothes off at, at knife point, at scissor point, and, uh, and, like, we'll laugh about this. Which, a by the way, bit. is a technique serial killers use. They say, yeah, like, yeah. just do this one thing and we can get Absolutely. this over with. Uh, I'll hey, just bind all your you hands. Yeah, and just, then, that's all I want. That's all and I then want. I'll rob your house and you'll be okay. You're like, no, usually it ends with, and then I'll slowly murder you. Um, yeah. But yeah. like, it's amazing how quickly he goes to write, like, it's a snap. following orders. It's right? not, so, like, there's so no internal inter- conflict. It's just like, oh, oh, okay, I got to make it happen, I guess. You're like, no, so, wait. So, is our interpretation that Hector 2, the reason that there is a serial killer version of Hector, is because Hector 3 decided that that was the way to get the drag the other Hectors through the timeline? I thought it was more no. like the fake binoculars thing where it was, who was both chicken and egg. Killer? It was... There was no... Ser- that's the whole point is like the original serial killer is just Hector yes. following what Hector al- already saw. So there's so no who was serial the first, killer. Who was the first person to... Who was the first person to say, I need to... The fir- the Hector two that we are following he- but he- he- decides Hector, to was- Hector two decides that he's like I need to reenact this moment. Yes, I understand. What it's you're crazy. Asking. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. Whatever the thing we were just talking about. Um, what is Hector? At- who was the first Hector? What was that? What were they emulating? Well, I think that that's the ar- argument. Right? That's- is, is all of this is happening at the same time, regardless? So, like, there's no Hector one in a clean vanilla. Timeline. Yeah, there's not a Hector 1 without Hector 2 that because time only happens that. once. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where it does obviously get confusing because it's all who the hell knows. Like, I mean, it's not yeah. a real thing. So how can that's you the one thing that's messy for me. Yeah. Is no, like, I who agree. Who decided to make this a horror movie? Like, who was the one who was like this loop? Like, I understand like getting into the time machine or whatever. Like, but like maybe there's seven Hectors. Like, that's what it took for our Hector 2 to, to get there. But I, I don't understand entirely who was like, I need to make this a horror movie and I need to be very creepy. And then all the other Hectors were emulating that. No, see, I, th- I think you're thinking about it wrong. Like, so the what this movie and I think we see this from the perspective of the scientist character is that there's no real there's so for, for the Hector that we follow from his perspective, he lives the day through basically three times. Right. But. 
he actually doesn't like the day itself never changed the day to everyone else. And from like the universe's perspective started uh, like our final version when we piece together all the different actor stuff that happens has always happened in that same order every time. It's mm-hmm. why when Hector 2 comes out of the time machine from from a normal time loop movie, the scientist's reaction and what he's supposed to do with that couldn't have happened yet because Hector 3 hasn't done that. So it's not like the, the googly eyes are the most obvious example, but throughout the movie when we see from other characters' perspectives – what we are seeing is they have always interacted on, on that Monday morning. They always interacted with all three Hectors mm-hmm. from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. There was never a timeline. Like, it's not Back to the Future 2. There's not different branching timelines. It was always that one timeline for that one day. We just get different and perspectives. It, yeah, what happened happened. So the fact that the time travel existed, it didn't make a timeline B. Timeline A already was affected by the fact that it knew timeline time that there is now. yeah that there is it's time like looking travel. at a it's like a painting right like the paintings it's it's positing timelines as a painting that are immutable so if if time travel exists in a world with an immutable timeline it means that on day one of the of the whatever the timeline starts like you know one zero AD or whatever you want to call whatever the start of the universe is. If someone traveled back to that time frame, they'd already be there the second the universe starts. Which is why he says, "I switched on the machine and you were there," because um, someone had traveled back to in time the second he switched on the machine. Which is actually why when scientists talk about that in the real world, right, that if they are inventing like these time travel machines and the idea that you'd have to use them like a teleporter to travel through time, they should know if their machine works the second they flip on the machine. Yeah, that's like a Stephen Hawking or somebody. I remember, I think it was Stephen Hawking, at least he set a, a specific date. And, he did, yeah, yeah. Like, he basically said time paradoxes can't exist, which essentially means there's no such thing as affecting time that's already happened. So if someone were to travel back in time, it means that already happened too just yeah because like that is already part of time like that is already yeah. yeah like you can't go back and kill hitler the fact that we live in a time where hitler is alive even if people were going back and trying to kill hitler yes. we already know they, they have failed. failed yeah and that's yeah. sort of that's sort of a theme that stephen king is playing with in 11 63 like that's that's a that's an idea that's been passed yeah. around yes uh it's been passed around a, a few different methods and a few different thematic ways and like I, I, I find it quite compelling uh, as someone who thinks that, uh, especially in our pr- pr- particular political moment where uh, I feel very helpless, um, that even if you had this insane superpower, you still, there are forces that you cannot fucking fuck yeah. with. Um, but I, I feel like there's something that we're missing in the story, which is like, who is Hector? Because when Hector, we start the movie, Hector is this upper middle class blank of a man. He he's, you know, either coming back from work or whatever. He was running and getting groceries. He bought some flat pack Ikea uh, furniture for his wife to put together. His wife. They just uh, finished moving in to their new house. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like his wife doesn't work like he has a job good enough where his wife doesn't have to like a very traditional sort of. Or maybe she's unemployable. 
Oh yeah, because of her because of because her she past has no non time crimes. <laughs> it's because she has no uh, <laughs> no ability to uh, problem solve because there's engage whether she... tables will go through fucking doorways. Oh my god! Really oh will. my god! <laughs> why? Oh, why is no one trying to turn the table ninety degrees and yeah. get through with the li- legs or take the legs off? She looked at the table. I was like, on. that'll that'll get through a doorway. So, That's so you're fine. saying what she's committing there is a space crime? Yes, <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying I'm saying space she, crime. I'm saying Alex. she's too, but in this case, employee. like three-dimensional space, also, not outer space. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, it's unfair to say she's too stupid to employ because both of them are too stupid to employ. Or he, he I mean, they married each other, so you yeah. have to feel like they were at like commiserate IQ. Yeah, and he's very dumb. Like very dumb. And my point here is this: this is a Spanish film. Um, Spain is a country. That very much had to wrangle with having a fascist dictator and a series of fascist dictators. And so Sorry, Spain this is, sounded like it was about to be Bart Simpson's report. Spain, <laughs> conclusion, Spain is, Spain is a land of contrasts. <laughs> Spain is a country that uh, has uh, wrangled with sort of uh, the concept of bourgeois decadence in a way that like America has never wrangled with properly. And, the, and when uh, a Spanish filmmaker, particularly a Spanish filmmaker with a uh, leftist leanings decides to make a movie where his prim- primary uh, protagonist is a upper middle class boring kind of middle-aged man there is a context for that he is essentially like he's he's you know he picked up his his uh big corporate furniture he's coming home to his like beautiful house in the countryside um he's that they're they've got workers working on and like you know his wife is working in the garden because like that's sort of like the fun project his wife is not like uh building furniture for them right his wife is doing like the fun stuff um the stuff that you're gonna build all the furniture i'm gonna bring a couch home every week (laughs) (laughs) she's she is but essentially my point is she is uh acting as domesticity demands i'm not saying she's not doing uh the right there's anything wrong with gardening gardening's great um and this sort of domestic taking this sort of domestic bland pastoral picture and taking this man who over the the time loops you start to see has a very exploitative sort of and very regressive sort of ideas in the back of his head and he's sort of a dummy he and, and by sort of i mean he is a very much a dummy like he can't listen to the scientist he can't listen to the scientist just like you just need to fucking sit here and i'll fix this for you like literally just sit here and i'll fix this for you um he can't listen to him he immediately is like no i'm a man and i fix issues i will not listen to you college student or whatever professional uh, time travel scientist who who's the only reason why this happened to me i won't <laughs> listen to you he's actually so he's actually so much of a you know capitalist pig that he doesn't he doesn't know how spanish works he calls him joven um yeah. listen here joven i'm a man who just time traveled <laughs> have you ever time traveled <laughs> um so the 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 way i read all of that sort of blandness was actually that he was making a statement about uh the the power that's resided in sort of upper middle class white men and how uh very often um those men are in a position to irrevocably fuck everything up and then when it's their chance to finally like oh my god i i i goofed uh the only way to ungoof uh, involves an exploitation <laughs> and, a, and a serious amount of pain um, doled out to uh, women and uh, other people. So, like, that's the that is the window that I viewed 
Hector through. Is that like he starts off, he's this bland guy. And as the movie goes on, you start to realize like Hector is just sort of a a bland kind of asshole. He's not a he's not like, you know, broad strokes asshole. He's just sort of like his 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 villainy is very bland. It's very across the board. He's he's both yeah, the goofer is, and uh, the de-goofer. <laughs> well, like that is the cer- the 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 perfect kind of villainy for our times, yes. right? Like like it's that idea of, oh, they're just um I hate I hate bringing politics into this because a it's just a complete fucking disaster of a hellhole that we live in. And B, I don't know if it's going to be better or worse by the time this episode. Well, also, C, we, so, we, we, I think we've chased off the Trumpers, right? <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Fuck them. Have we already preached to the, are we preaching to the choir at a certain point? Well, but I don't actually mean it like that. I just mean it like, regardless of like whether Trump gets reelected or not reelected in November and home, I fucking got, I hope that answer is no. Uh, future Aaron hopefully is very like thank god it got better listening to this as I'm editing but uh, regardless those people and like banality of evil that existed in so many people that was unexpected to us like they still exist like getting rid of their figurehead or the person that quote unquote gave them the courage to be like I'm a I'm a I support assaulting people and I'm a racist Thank f- fine. Finally, I don't have to pretend that I think that so and so should have the same dignity. Like, like I think there was a lot of unmasking of the banality of evil. Not so much for like marginalized groups, but definitely I think for a lot of people, including myself in this country. We were talking in the green room about like how many friends we've had that are like, oh, they seem like such a nice person, and then we like, oh, we just never talked to them about their their issue on a race relations in America, and so we found out from a Facebook post. And I think that's why like Hector is the perfect villain for our times, in that like he on the surface is just a. Uh, he's a he's a character in a '90s American sitcom, he, right? He's Tim Allen. Like he comes home, he does the work. He occasionally um, is lucky, lucks into sex with his wife uh, for for unknown reasons to him, and he you know he has uh, he doesn't necessarily want for anything because he's upper middle class. And then the second that like he gets a chance to do something sleazy, like he's not on the street like flashing his dick to everyone. But if he can accidentally walk in on a naked person, quote unquote, oh, I'm going to take, he's going to take up that offer 10 times out of 10. Yeah, he's looking for plausible deniability. He's not, yeah, he's not actively trying to be evil, but he pretty much acts on every basic impulse that pops up into his brain. Well, and also he's like, that's pretty much what it is. Like, that's why I said he's the, I'm just following orders. Like, he's not the, I'm just following orders of like, that we know from like the Nuremberg Nuremberg trials. But he's the I'm just following orders from, like, the suburbia evil. Like, oh, you give me a chance to, like, do something skeevy here and there. Like, I'm going to take it not every single time. Yeah. Um, like, he wouldn't necessarily be a Francoist because that's too strong. Like, but he might have been a big supporter of, like, uh, Luis Blanco. Right? Like, he might have. Yeah. <laughs> or Luis Carrero Blanco. Um uh, I don't. I don't know why I needed to give familial respect to a, a fascist, but whatever. Like he, he might not have been like you know a, a Guernica fascist, but he was like he was like yeah. But that guy in the seventies had good ideas. But yeah, he feels like he he's not going to be the person that leads the 
fascist movement or is even there in the first year, maybe. But if he feels like he can get away with stuff by claiming that he had to do it, like he doesn't actually have a moral compass. He has a punishment compass. Like he will do whatever he can do that he thinks he can get away with, which is also like the story of Me Too and a bunch of other stuff. Right. And that's what we see. Like the second he feels like he can do the crime and and not do the time. Boom. Crime. Yeah. Damn it. That's what it meant. That's what the pun is. It's actually about that he thinks he cannot do the time for the crime. Um, he's a like he's gonna do it every time. And also, like, it's not that like I, I don't think I like you watch this the first time. And you're like, why is why is he making the hand motions or the googly eye stuff? I don't think you question like why he's doing the exploitive assaulty rapey shit. I think you're like, yeah, that's kind of that type of dude. And unfortunately, like, that's a reality that I probably didn't question when I saw this movie 10 years ago for the first time. I I do remember uh, this viewing versus the first one. The first one, I I remember it just kind of made sense. I, I agree. Like where it just felt like within character for him to kind of take. Oh, I guess I have to be kind of a weird creep. Like creep. Uh, to, you know, for the sanctity of time. But like. I don't remember that being weird. And then this time around, cause I was sitting there watching all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, this, this whole scene is very weird. Like even in my notes, yeah. even though I get, I understand the justification of the character in the movie, like all that kind of stuff. Even in my notes, I was like, Oh, and then he, you know, makes her strip again. And in parentheses, weird. I smush you're like, it's just, it's all weird. You're just like, okay, like, uh, all right. I guess he really just decided. I will say, I wish that some of like, I don't like the idea, but it only makes sense the fact that he is getting smarter and smarter. For some reason, I felt that uh, Hector 2 at the end of his loop seemed to be the most cognizant of everything that's going on. But Hector 3's actions don't fully make sense unless he's like wise to the game. Um, But I was annoyed. I was kind of annoyed with how quickly Hector 2 just realizes like, oh, I'm the bandage man. I guess I have to make this mask out of bandages. Like, I wish there was, like, a half step. I wish that he had, like, wrapped his head, and then I don't know what could have happened. Oh, I think he did. I think he, because he he instinctually, because he, you know, cuts his head open, so he reaches for the gauze. Yeah. That's already on his arm that was from his... But, like, he just, like, makes that leap and then jumps to it. Like, he doesn't have that coat. It's not like they're yet or anything like that. And he just immediately decides, like, oh, oh, I'm the red guy. Okay, cool. And then just, like plays the part from there on out is like fully on board with doing whatever it has to do to make that. Happen. Well, but I think the impetus he does, he recognizes it gets out of the car and there's the girl. And then he's like, well, you know what I have to do here? Like, I think the girl is more the well, trigger that we were kind of talking about trigger, to yeah. pivot. Cause that's ultimately where he, t- like, I, I get it's hard to figure out like, what is he thinking in that moment? But ultimately the decision for him to become the person who is, uh, who is with that girl in the woods and, and causing Hector one to come out is in the moment where he sees her. Cause before he sees her, theoretically he couldn't have done any of that stuff. Yeah. Cause Hector one is full of calm. Mm-hmm. Fully. And then Hector two full of coup. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hector, two, no, Hector one is a drag guy. Hector two is full of goo. Yeah. But it is weird. Like how much all of a sudden his, um, and maybe this is like where you can explain it, but like, his whatever suburban haze once it once it once he sees his wife dead that's when hector too because like when he kind of comes out of that he is all of a sudden like a 
genius supervillain because he gets back there and immediately realizes that Hector 3 exists, right? Which is a leap from the person that six hours ago saw Hector 1 and was like, there's a guy fucking my wife! Yeah, I agree. I, I think I'm... Which is totally fine. I think I'm starting to... There were already holes in the movie that I was okay with, but I'm starting to get more and more. I I didn't hate that necessarily, that whole conversation, because what happens is Hector 2 shows up, jumps in the window, gets Hector 1 to travel backwards. Now it's just him and the scientist. Yeah. The scientist says, hey, let's go to the building. Let's go talk. Let's go talk about this whole yeah. time travel stuff. And Hector 2 sits in the doorway and just says, like, no, not going to happen. I'm going to trash this place unless you help me out. But the scientist has already thrown the battery. Now, at that point, Hector 2 inside the lab, because the scientist comes back when he starts knocking over stuff, realizes, hey, there's a big old, you know, movie-style battery that's missing from the wall over there. Uh, yeah. Let's go find it. And then when they're searching for it, says, wait a second, how'd you already know to get rid of it? As they're talking about the max you can do is 30, 40 more seconds before the other guy. He's like, oh, wait a second, you've already sent him back. The one thing that they never touch on, really, that... He does say when they're talking is he talks about, he's like, well, who's going to kill Hector two and Hector two in that moment is saying, I'll become Hector three says I'll kill Hector two. If need be like in this moment. See, but I, I think at that point, Hector th- two that like his whole thing after that, when he's like, you called me, you did this. Yeah. He gets in the car, he gets the walkie talkie and he calls it as a, f- like, I think when you first see it, you're you're anticipating like, oh shit, something's gonna go wrong, and the last scene of the movie is him gonna be calling on the walkie-talkie. And again, the movie's a little bit ahead of you. It's like, hey, the second he goes back, he finds a different walkie-talkie and is like, does it as a fuck you? I agree, but and like, I, he, I think he realizes that. It, so it, I go ahead. No, and I agree. It's it's more like I just it makes me kind of dislike not. Even necessarily the movie. It just feels silly that after he crashes the van from knocking himself off the road or whatever and then finds the walkie-talkie to, like, call it in as a complete failure and all that. I mean, like, I I don't know. I understand that, obviously, he would have to at some point and blah, blah, blah. But, like, there are definitely some interesting gaps. I do like this idea of just these – you're walking the single – Yeah. The single path – to get out of this, for all we know, there could have been loops, like you kind of said, and this is the one that actually makes sense where a Hector successfully runs the entire path of going and, and exiting with his wife and closing the loop or whatever. But yeah, but his knowledge, his knowledge and like character seems to ebb and flow, like you said, where at, at step one, he's just an absolute whatever mouth breathing stumbling around oh naked girl let me go look type guy and then all of a sudden he's like oh well i need to finish my part in the time loop so that uh me as hector 2 can go back to as hector 3 and and really sort out this whole time travel stuff because now i've got a pretty firm grasp on what i gotta do and you're like oh okay wow we've we've made some serious leaps in (laughs) the in the three hours or whatever while you've been actively doing things on top of that yeah, I have less of a problem with, like, because, like, I mean, if you're nitpicking the movie for, like, oh, he just happened to find the walkie-talkie and call back at that moment, it was like, I think you can actually solve that with a, and I'm not trying to be dismissive of those complaints, with, well, yeah, that's what happened. Agreed. So that, no, I, So that is what happened. Absolutely. Which, which, which sounds dismissive in most movies, except that's the whole point of this movie. And also, like, Hector 2 is our character. So, like, yeah. uh, it just happened. <laughs> um, 
is yeah, kind of is kind of the fall the fallback no matter what. And I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because Hector 2 ultimately who we've been following for you know, we follow for most of the movie, Hector 2 doesn't really have a whole lot of control over. So so Well, but also like so I actually want to get into something like I think I think that happens in real life all the time. Like one of the things I'm not trying to get into a really off topic tangent, so I'm just going to like make the short version, but I think that happens all the time in real life and it's like what a lot of religious people I know in my life like hang their faith on, like that idea of how could that just happen if it was if it wasn't planned, like whether it's anything from like, hey, if I didn't that one day I realized I left my keys in and I never leave my keys uh, in, in those one pants. But I happened to that day. And if I hadn't had to go find my keys in my pants when I always put them on the dresser, then I wouldn't have been late to this. And then I would have never met um I never would have met your husband, and if I had never, or if I never would have met my husband, if I never met my husband, I wouldn't be able to tell you this story. Are you saying that's a coincidence? Like all of these things happen because <laughs> that one day, like, and that, like, and, like you just your has had Mosby into a conspiracy theorist. I really well, like but it, but it, it's yeah. true, like, because that's a like because of the random and crazy nature of the universe, and nothing actually makes sense, and the fact that like it is true that little changes would result in like so many different versions of reality but at the end of the day like at least from my perspective there wasn't some like like other realities would have been valid it's not like that was planned but ultimately yeah that's just what happened that day but i like that is why that happened is because it happened and there's (laughs) not anything beyond that and i think like as much as we look at this movie and you could go, well, why would that happen? Like, how could that possibly, it's like, well, that's actually like, I think in some, I don't know if the movie's intending to do this or not, but I think the movie is uh, positing a world where time travel exists in the same, but our perceptions the same way. Like we just can't conceive of a world where all these accidents have led to reality or things that don't quite make sense to like tiny changes have have changed the universe but ultimately that's what the universe is it's a bunch of random shit that happened and now we're here and sure if you go back and start pulling at the tapestry um loose threads start creating major changes but that's not what happens so that's i not I, what the tapestry looks like. i'm okay with all that my my issue isn't necessarily that hector three found a walkie-talkie i think that when he called in and said it was a failure it was less supposed to be tongue-in-cheek or funny and in his personality, because 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 in that scene he drives Hector Hector two off the road, he crashes his van, and then he looks over and realizes the girl is already at the car where yeah. Bandage Face Hector two is now. Oh, okay, talking to her, so he's like, "It's too late. It's a failure." I think that's more his personality. Like, I don't think he's. That's what I mean. Is what I'm saying. Like certain moments, he seems to fully understand time travel and, and other times he seems like he's I, I think he's just like no it was a failure blah blah and then he's got his head wound he wakes up the girl comes helps him because then when she's bringing him to the house he says something where he's like no no not here or something like that but she's kind of piloting them at that point because he's gone through various accidents on all three loops now I mean he's a guy who's gone through three days of weird adventures and is all jacked up now so she's kind of guiding him into the house and he refuses a little bit, but that also sets the stage for the dar- the door being ajar and all that other stuff that happens to the other Hectors. I, I mean, I that's where I have issues where I feel like the character himself is like at certain points is 
a a bigfoot of a man other times he seems to gr- fully grasp the time travel thing and other times it seems like there's a third ass i mean i don't know i i both i i like this movie and it's not even trying to necessarily i think being nitpicky it's just it he how quick he is and how he's interpreting everything around him seems to kind of come and go in various ways yeah, I mean, I get that. I guess at the end of the day, like you, you say, well, I'm surprised he reacted to it this way. Um, but I think, I think why the movie works so good at like that, basically saying here, I'm going to give you a bunch of conundrums that you actually can't, like you can't map out, right? Yeah. Like, the only way to accept them is they all existed at once and they always overlapped, and there is no nothing came first. There's no chicken and the egg. It always. They, they existed side by side for the entirety. And the end and of so the movie you, makes sense for where you're talking from more than what I am. It's just he I mean, with him and his wife, because what we kind of touched on, not to jump ahead, but like uh, the wife reacts and wants to go back to the house when she hears noises on that very final loop. Yeah. And he kind of grabs her hand and says, like, I can't remember the exact, but he essentially says, like, trust me, blah, blah, blah. Like he has learned to stay out of it, to let this loop. He's like, please just let this day finish. Please let yeah. this finish because I keep trying to interact with it and it keeps fucking it up more. So, like, clearly yeah, so I need the to character follow has everything grown that and, happened. Yeah. and has that wisdom at that point enough to say, no, no, like, no, no, just let's sit here. I understand. Let's just sit here. Like, trust me. So, like, clearly he has gotten some sort of knowledge out of it. So, I think the way that you're saying it makes more sense, even though I never didn't necessarily pick up on that and... Uh, viewing it that way makes me not like the movie as much. But, like, I think that is what was happening now that we've, like, Yeah, because even the, it. like, the, even the walkie-talkie thing is a chicken and the egg thing, right? He was told before he did it that mm-hmm. he called and said these things on the walkie-talkie to him, causing the reality that he's experiencing in that moment. Yeah. To, to deal with it. But at the end of the day, like, so you can say, oh, well, he wouldn't have said those things if he wouldn't have heard those things. And you go, well, that's kind of the whole movie. Like, um, I, I guess maybe another analogy would be like, again, I'm going to use this painting because it's that idea of something that's immutable and unchanging. Like, because I think it, it's it's really smart of the movie to only give us always Hector's perspective, even though he's just moving uh, forward on a straight line from everyone else's perspective. It's the idea of you're seeing a painting, but you're so zoomed in, you're like, this is a red painting. And then you're in another spot, and you're like, no, this is a yellow painting. And if you move further back, you go, okay, well, it's actually red and yellow, and there's some blue. Like, he's just, yeah. he's, we're too close to one specific moment in time. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree with that. The, the only, uh, another thing that I was kind of like, all right, was, like you said, it happens because they said it. And the other time that that happened was when Hector two arrives and is talking to the scientist for the first time. Yeah. And he says something about him. He's like, Oh, well you speak to him. There are a couple, there are at least three, if not four instances where scientists and Hector literally say like, well, you told So like, he's like, Oh, well you said you'd get into the machine with me. And so like, okay, that makes sense of why yeah. we had just seen Hector one interact with scientists he's like oh i'll get in there with you and then afterwards again the scientist says well you walkie to me and said oh hey it was a failure blah 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 i also think hector hector 2 was originally going to toss the walkie and destroy it with the crowbar right 
and then the flashlight hits the battery, so they grab the battery and then yeah. Because like originally it wasn't just I'm going to toss it in this field that's good to go. He was like I want to break it, but then gets yeah. distracted. Right? Okay, that that makes a little more sense. Then I'm okay with that. I don't know. I, I think now honestly I I like triangle more. Just after talking about it, but. I, I, I think I think triangle. what a weird what a weird turn of events. No, really, I'm like I'm like oh, I just think, and that I have accidentally convinced you this movie is worse. I don't to lead you towards the movie I think is better. I think Triangle is, um, but it, I do think you're so- correct. Like I think that's what they were going for. It just didn't hit me for time crimes. I mean, and Triangle also has um, more gore more sort of salacious like stimulating elements and it has like a, a, a creepy sense of um we're watching a tales from the crypt episode but the crypt keeper is not there to give us comfort and good puns um like less of a less of a harry lloyd-esque protagonist yeah yeah and it, it, that that uh, triangle is uh is pretty Triangle is pretty much more nihilistic and depressing, I think, in its own way. Um, yeah. But and, and it's sort of reveal uh, of the the what our main protagonist has done in the past. That sort of like one of her dark her dark sort of mistakes in the past is like a little overdone. <laughs> um, however, um, what I I I think this movie has is a sort of efficiency. That Triangle does not have. I think Triangle is a movie I'd watch. I'd watch again because it's like way stranger and has like imagery that I can't get out of my head. Like that the the almost like mountain to mountain of clone bodies. <laughs> um, the word clone is kind of a stretch, but you know what I mean. A uh, mountain of of uh, you know uh, multitudinal bodies of a single person uh, is something I can never get out of my head. This movie doesn't have like that sort of uh image power but it does have the philosophical power or the intellectual power of triangle where i'm like i'm I'm like okay so this goes here this goes here why did he put that strange element in and then you start pulling at the thread you start pulling at the thread um this movie does have one uh or two really amazing horror sequences um yeah. which is why nacho vigalando has like you know gone on to um get get a lot of acclaim um he directed a movie uh he directed a horror movie for uh for, for elijah wood uh called open windows um that i heard is okay um but like he 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 was a director that was like imported uh for that reason well and also i would say that his most successful movie um and probably the one that has the most critical acclaim is colossal and then very non-specific spoilers for colossal fast forward 30 seconds if you still need to see colossal um that movie is also about how the absolute like depravity and horror and evil that resides in your everyday white suburbanites or like general upper middle class suburbanites yes yes couldn't agree more um and I, I, I uh, the, the sort of political leanings of the movie, I think, are, are very much felt. Um, but the uh, the two sequences that I really love that are like uh, horror, great horror sequences is um, the first time that uh, Hector 2 is assaulted by what must be Hector 3, um, a masked Hector. Um, so Hector 1 gets assaulted by Hector 2. I'm talking about the first time that he gets stabbed with the scissors, and then we all of a sudden realize we're yeah. in a horror movie. That's Hector 2 that does that. 
Hector 2 stabs Hector 2? Hector 2 stabs Hector 1. I've been using Hector 2 to refer to our primary protagonist for the whole time, because you told me that's who it was. No, they're all the same person. <laughs> Whatever, anyways. So he- one of the Hectors gets... Peter, you have such a problem thinking fourth dimensional. No, it's just we've arbitrarily What year is it right now when you're Hector recording one, this? Hector 2 and Hector 3. Like, I guess Hector 3 has to be Hector 3. We've arbitrarily No, no, Hector, Hector 1, 1 becomes Hector 2. Hector 2 when he goes back in time. It's just a way to refer to their timelines. It's all oh, the same. Oh, okay. Thing. Anyways, so uh, the individual uh, that we are following for the course of the movie gets stabbed with scissors. Um, By himself from later in the movie. Uh, yes, uh, by himself later in the movie. And, uh, that is a great little sequence because it's essentially the movie going from without any real foreboding or ominous sort of tendencies. The movie is just like, now you're in a horror movie. Welcome. Because if you didn't have an idea, you'd be like, what is this strange movie about a masked man? Yeah. Or even if you knew it was a time, tra- a, a, a time travel movie or a time loop movie, you wouldn't necessarily think like, oh, this is a straight up horror movie. Um, and like him getting stabbed with scissors is such an amazing reveal because it's basically yeah. the movie being like, you thought we were going in one direction. We are no longer going in that direction anymore. Sorry, Harry Styles. We're going in a different direction. <laughs> um, and the... The movie essentially becomes a horror movie for 30 minutes or so. Uh, the remainder of the, this sort of Hector's journey, um, his first journey before he gets into the pod, and which leads to the second great horror sequence, which is after he's gotten to the first sort of, uh, you know, science cafeteria, um, is that Hector is like uh, directed to go up the path, up a lighted path to. Um, the, the the main lab where the actual device is held the the goo lab the the goo tube where he can do time travel stuff with the goo um and at that moment uh the the path lights up um which scares him and then uh the scientist uh essentially like scares him up the path he's like there's i have cameras oh my god he, he came in through the broken window. Oh my god, he's in the basement. Oh, he knows you've left. He's following you. Oh, I can see him on the path. And then he basically, like, gets Hector to start running up the path. At the time, you just think he's actually being pursued. You think that security cameras are real and all that. Later, you find out that was a trick by the scientist to get him into the, into the goo. Um, that sequence is excellent horror once you realize that it's not... He's not actually going to get stabbed by this guy or like, you know, yeah. the, 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 the scientist's main main uh, goal there is basically to just maintain the timeline. Once you realize that happens, like it just kind of it's just another machination of the plot. And that sort of like this is a horror movie. This is a horror movie. It's not actually a horror movie uh, is, is really lovely. Like, I, I, I like the way the movie, the, the movie sort of dances with horror as a genre and then it discards it uh, to elect itself as sort of like a dramatic tragedy. Each like uh, Hector experiences a different movie genre, right? The first one experiences a horror movie. The second one experiences a dark slash slapstick comedy. Where he decides to, I guess I got to do all these weird things I saw <laughs> in order to, to keep the timeline. Uh, some of them disturbing, uh, but that and, you know, having trouble grasping the the time travel and all the stupid stuff he does as a result. And then uh, number three is a mystery. Like, what is his plan to put things back into place in a world that we've been shown to be immutable? So it really is a fun, like, 
it's not an anthology movie, but it, it tackles three different genres extremely successfully in their in their little vignettes. Uh, and then that all leads to an understandable Hulk because the first Hector doesn't know what the fuck is going on. The second Hector is stumbling through stuff. And the third Hector becomes a man with a plan that the audience needs to unravel. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. And like, uh, <laughs> the empowerment leads to the, 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 the knowledge of empowerment. It leads to, um, only, only sadness and, uh, and tragedy. So I, I have to just sit here and just like soak in my, my guilt. Um, and I, I, I find that as an ending, like, you know, just as tragic as the end of Triangle, um, just as sort of, um, uh, uh, I don't want to say pointless, but almost like, um, it does feel like it's, it's speaking to a, a, an uncaring cosmic universe where it's like, uh, this, this Hector, like, yes, he, he's kind of just a bland sort of middle-aged, uh, business guy. Um, but I, I don't I don't think anyone deserves to go through this sort of ordeal. I don't think he like had a particular cosmic punishment, but this ordeal in a weird way was revealing to who he really was and who he really was does deserve to be sad. He does deserve to feel resigned to his fate because he's someone that's willing to make horrific sacrifices just to maintain his, his d- domesticity um so that's kind of my, yeah that's kind of my final not to jump the gun but that's kind of my final thought no. there is like is is well, this is a this is a movie that goes from a horror to a drama to a tragedy as 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 it goes and uh it, it's sort of a a revealing tragedy and i think nacho vigilando's uh direction and his his sense of grasp of time and his willingness to put in a nice clean metaphor with a zigzaggy line on the on the back of the calendar um unlike uh you know unlike source code which i was saying like source code begs for like a moment where someone's like take a matchbook or like <laughs> uh, take a teeter-totter like something like that like just come up with like an analogy that we could all understand like this movie is just like i'm gonna draw a quick diagram i'm gonna get the quick concept in your head and then you can be dramatically involved later this movie does that i never lost a sense of the drama even in the moments where i was like i'm not totally sure which hector this is or what timeline we're in like I, I I was never disconnected from the drama. And for that, like, Nacho Vigalondo made this as a calling card movie. Like, this was him being, like, putting all of his efforts behind making a movie as a statement. Saying, like, I'm here. I've arrived. Fucking, like, use my talent. Let's let's find some projects for me. Um, and, and, and in that sense, like, holy shit, what an arrival. Yeah. Uh, could not agree more. Uh, even though there's just one timeline, not multiple timelines. Um, and then my final thoughts, because I feel like I've spread them across this entire thing, is that I, at the end of the day, regardless of what Hector 1, 2, or 3 did, I think we can all agree he was more successful than Dr. Richard Kimball in that uh, he was able to save my wife. My yeah, oh my wife. god. Richard Kimball must be just sitting there stewing in his anger. He's just like, oh. Here's the thing about Richard Kimball. He tried to protect himself, but at no point did he try to go back in time and save his wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, imagine Richard Kimball being in this situation. He'd just whine about how some guy with, you know, bandages on his face, uh, you know, killed his wife. Like, come on. (laughs) I guess in that scenario, he did kill his wife. (laughs) (laughs) 
Right? There was there was no one armed man. There was just the masked man. There was the masked man who name, was named Future Ki- Richard Kimmel. Uh, yes. Um, I do like that the movie it does, plays the game that I think a lot of young screenwriters do, where they're like, "What if I gave none of the characters names?" And I do like that the movie is just like Hector is a name. You have no. if you're gonna Hector you're, one. Oh, and the the best part of the movie for me is the scientist is played by Nacho Vigalondo. <laughs> So yeah, he's re- he's really good in this, and I, I love I really like him. I love the idea of a director casting themselves not as a person walking by, but a person essentially like barking explaining orders, explaining the plot to his own movie. Yes, to his explaining the, the plot movie. to his own movie, and then barking orders at the protagonist, and then uh, negotiating with the protagonist, the lead actor, basically <laughs> to do something, and then he's like, "No, no, no, we're doing this." Like that is such a genius way to cast yourself in your own movie. And you know, it's that way he can direct on scene. Uh, he doesn't have to. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to like give his direction. He can do it. Um, Ryan, if you can hear us, I'll take it out <laughs> wherever wherever you're at, Ryan. Well, he texted and said he's having trouble. I, um, I I think it I think it's Skype. I don't know if it's oh yeah it says two out of four in the call. We lost the boy again. We're 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 uh, approaching the that's end. That's fine. Ryan unfortunately got all gooified and went back in time. I don't know. He probably doesn't have anything to plug. Do you want to just end? Uh yeah, we can just wrap it up. Which <laughs> um, I mean, uh, sucks, but kind of sucks. But uh, yeah, Ryan uh, unfortunately had some audio issues. Uh, but we're not going to talk without him. Instead, we'll just say we're wrapping it up. Oh, wait, Rybri. Yeah. Rybo? Rybo. Rybo. Oh, I'm back. Do you have any final thoughts? Damn, no, I could I could hear you guys doing some of, I heard the segue into Peter saying, oh, I guess those are my final thoughts. And then the Richard Kimball joke, and I reacted to that, and then it started cutting in and out, and then it dropped me completely from the call. Um, Do you want to throw in some laughter at my uh, Richard Kimball joke so that we can actually in later? I actually think that the laughter is in there. And oh great! I do have Perfect. I did like it was literally all of a sudden it came in clear just for the Richard Kimball stuff and then I got to chime in and then it started being weird yeah. again and dropped out. So hopefully the edit isn't terrible for that. It seems that seems like you could say what an accident of the universe that the best part of the podcast Brian was able to hear or yeah maybe it's just a thing that that's just what happened. It's possible that this is Ryan too. That's about. that is true. I'm sending messages over the airwaves to myself. Last thoughts. Ryan I, too is full of goo. Last thoughts. If you see yourself fucking your wife, yeah. don't overreact. This imposter's uh, fucking my off. wife. Yeah, just, yeah, just jerk, jerk off. off. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. No, final thoughts. I don't know. I, I <laughs> Oh, that explains why when I got up after having sex, I stepped in that goo. Yeah. All this fresh goo. That was my own that was my future jerk off. That was Hector 2 goo. Um, uh, uh, Aaron, I like to think you're a jerk off in the present timeline. I f- I'm getting that sense from you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we have to talk about time paradoxes, Peter gets mad at me. I don't get mad at you. Sounds kind of mad right now. Yeah, I know. I just that's, that's exactly what someone who's bit. not mad at me who's mad at me would <laughs> Listen, say. Listen here, you little shit. I don't get mad at you. I get even. <laughs> the thing is, like, I know what I'm signing myself up for because even now, one um, an episode that we're recording six months in the future. Peter constantly refers to the year as 2020, talks about things we we talked about last week, him and I. Yeah. Not not Listen, necessarily Aaron, what the listeners uh, heard. So I'm I get living, it. I'm living in the present, man. I you only live I think in the when present. you're banking this many episodes, just start throwing out random years. Be like, 
Well, it is 1997, so what do you expect? Uh, this one we're actually recording from 2024. That yeah. was an accident. Yeah. It just, I just turned into the Prince of Darkness voice and like, the year is 2024. What, honestly, and I made this joke for years now, so it's funny when we do these time loop things. There's, I don't know how well you guys remember Back to the Future 3, but there's a part where Marty and him are talking about the train stuff. And, um, and he's like, okay, but if we drive this train off the track, won't it go off into the, the gorge? And he's like, Marty, you're not thinking fourth dimensionally. He's like, yeah, I know. I got a real problem with that. (laughs) Uh, And that's, that's what I, sometimes I feel like, um, that, uh, that Peter is sexy. Michael J. Fox, Marty McFly, and I'm so just old man Doc Doc Brown trying to explain pre-recording episodes. To him. I and I and my only my only demand of this particular Doc Brown is please just use a consistent metaphor when we're talking about hectares. Um, but <laughs> anyways, I feel like I did. Brian got it. Aaron says I got anything. it, but I I would like to review all of the various metaphors that have come up just in this episode where it's like, well, a lot of metaphors, unhelpful. It's a lot like this or five minutes from now we'll describe it like this (laughs) no that's fair Uh, my dick it it tells you i'm not confident my metaphor kept throwing out other metaphors. name is hector well i was also throwing out multiple metaphors i pretty much just think of the first thing that comes to my head and then says well how can this apply to what we're talking (laughs) anyways yeah next week endless and resolution and uh peter and i will have have some time loop discussions we're going to get in a better place as a couple of hosts. Mm. And and we're going to talk about those movies. Time loop, more like time poop. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> time, why you punish me? Like we've got some to the shore. You wash away my dreams Time While you walk away Like a friend with somewhere to go You left me crying Can you teach me about tomorrow And all the pain and sorrow Running free Cause tomorrow's just another day And I don't believe in time Thank you so much for listening to We Love to Watch If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward Uh, It wasn't an implicit threat by Peter, he just didn't know how to say it But either way, we'll continue to make more But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going Which is all on server space Uh, (laughs) If you can't, (laughs) uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand And you want to support the show, we truly, absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on iTunes. I know every podcast says it, and it's because it really does help, and so every podcast wants that help. So please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically, they hopefully want to tune in and listen. And thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years. Uh, We really do appreciate you. Uh, With kisses and smooches, Peter and Aaron. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>